Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, hey, Andrew has done such a great job of already doing this. And uh, isn't Andrew doing a great job? I just sit back and I go, whoa, like communion? I was like, I don't even want to preach now. That was so good. But you are an amazing people. And just the way that you gave. And guys, you know, there's been an increase this year in what's in the room. And we took it to the city last night. We took not just who we were last year, but like we took the fresh fragrance of the Lord, the intensity, the way God is manifesting his presence and what the increase of the presence of God, we took it to our city last night. And and it was so powerful. And uh, there we are on, on Main Street. And, you know, that moment, Justin, when you, when, when you had us turn around and, and begin to sing Jesus out into the city, oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, that was not just words. And then Landon shared how they had had that vision of the presence of God going down, down Main Street. Um, so, so powerful. <laughs> That's that moment. We're declaring Jesus down the street. Just a little glimpse of that. So, hey, guys, we've, we've been praying to bring the fullness of Christ into our city. And things happened last night. When we go out and do that, things are, 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 are not the same. Just want to give you a report for where Marcy and I have been this week. And Marcy is still in Nashville. She's uh, on Heidi Baker's board. And they just had a board meeting. And Heidi is there in Nashville, and she's with her uh, this morning. Uh, but this is us helping ordain Iris missionaries. And uh, mm. Iris right now is in about, I think, about 80 nations. And so there were almost 300 people who came from all over the world and gathered in the room, and, and, and we got to pour into them. And I just want to mention here um, something that happens in a lot of places I go is people come up and say, oh, yeah, somebody from your church, da-da-da, do you know so-and-so? So this guy comes up and says, do you know the Bird family? I said, no, I did not, not no. <laughs> Who family? A bird? No. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you know the bird? <laughs> but, uh, and so this is Mikhail, and uh, he, He's, uh, he's from Poland, and he was trying to get in South Africa. I may not tell the story exactly right, but he got denied, and they had to go back to Poland for a, for a while, and they needed money. And he, his version of the story is that one of your kids came to you guys and said, hey, we, let's help pay for him to go back to Poland. And everybody pitched in and got them back to Poland which is what they needed for that season. And now they're back actually in South Africa. But that happened because of a family called the Bird Family. And I'm just thankful to be a part of this amazing family. And thank you, Bird Family. Aren't they amazing? Can we just give the Bird Family a hand? Like, incredible. And you've touched so many of these missionaries. And, and that's, the way, that's the way this body is. Convergence is making a difference. And I really want us to be encouraged about what the Lord is doing today. And I want to look this morning in Matthew 16. 
and uh, beginning in verse 13, and I, and I want to just talk some about church and, and where we're going and, and what's happening, what we're doing. Even, we're, you know, we're having these Jesus nights right now. Why, you know, why are, why are we doing this? Why are we just gathering here around, the, around just to be in the presence of Jesus? Like, what, what is happening? And so, in Matthew 16, 13, Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, and he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I just want to really echo that today. Who do you say that he is? Not, you know, who, just who do your parents say he is? (laughs) But who do you say he is? Because each one of us is growing in a revelation of Jesus, and you're going to grow in a revelation of him for the next billion years. Like, he, di- he didn't just bring you to salvation. He is salvation. He didn't, it's not just the way that brought you to God. He's the way, the way. <laughs> and he's the destination. And so who do you say that he is? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I just want to say, there's nothing more precious than a revelation of Jesus. The most valuable thing that you have in your life is the revelation of Jesus. You got saved because he revealed himself to you. You were able to worship today and enter into reality with agreement with what's happening right now in heaven because you have a revelation of Jesus. There's nothing more precious that you have than what you know, the relationship, the intimacy, the revelation you have of Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus said to Simon, when Simon declared who he was, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. The Father wants to bless us with a revelation of Jesus. An ever-increasing revelation of Jesus. So on these nights, you know, and we're gathering and we're even worshiping here this morning, like increasing in revelation of Jesus is not some kind of like, well, that's cute, you know, and if I get a greater revelation of Jesus, that's okay. It's like, I must know you more, Lord. And nothing is going to stop me from getting a greater revelation of you. And, and things are opening up for us as a body, like to see him in ways we haven't seen him before. I've, I've, found my, I've had times in here lately where I, I almost felt like I was leaving my body. Because there was just such an open place right now to encounter the Lord and to see Him. And I just want to say again, too, that knowing and encountering Jesus is the most practical thing that can ever happen in your life. And and we're going to see here in this passage how Peter's revelation of Jesus actually brought him where he needed to be to do what he needed to be doing. So let's unpack it. So I want us to see for Peter that beholding came before building. First, 
he got the revelation of Jesus and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And it's like Jesus is like, yes, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> because, you know, Jesus, the way he walks with the disciples, it's so real. And the disciples are so much like us. They're so not perfect. <laughs> and so there's moments where it's like, oh, come on, guys. I wanted you to get it. But we're going to keep going. But this was a moment where Peter got it. And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He beheld Jesus. He got a revelation of Jesus. And then out of that came what we're about to look at. But I just want to say that Jesus is worthy of being gathered around in Fort Worth. I want to tell you one of my encounters on a Thursday in 2018. We have a 7 o'clock pastor's prayer meeting for city pastors one Thursday a month. I was driving down I-20, headed east into the sun <laughs> early that morning. And I was, I was just asking the Lord. I was like, Lord, you know, how do we gather this city? What, what do you want to do? How do, how, do you, how do you gather a city? And all of a sudden, and I think even as I was saying this, even it was like the, one of the, so, the song playing in my, in my car was worthy something. And all of a sudden, it was like I just, I saw it. That Jesus is worthy of being gathered around. Like, we don't have to trump up something to, you know, to make him worthy enough for the city to, to gather a city to worship him. No, he is worthy of being worshipped in this city. And it hit me and something lifted and I saw reality that he's worthy. And so even some of what we've been stepping into is a house, some of it for me has been flowing out of that that he's worthy of having a whole city gather around him. And we don't have to try to make him better or something. Worthy is the lamb to receive all the worship and all the praise in Fort Worth, Texas. And see, a revelation is a moment not where it's like you try to Believe more for something that's out there so that it will happen. It's actually a moment where you see reality. The Greek word for revelation means to uncover. And really see what's behind. Because there's a lot more to life than red chairs in a room. <laughs> the red chairs are going to pass away. The room is temporal. The things seen are temporal. But there's an unseen realm that's real. And so when we're going crazy <laughs> in the presence of God, it's because we see a God who's real. We're not trying to like imagine that there's a God out there who's real and we kind of got to work up some worship. We're seeing reality. Jesus is worthy of being gathered around. And you know, we live in a world where we have access to so much information. But I want to say to you today, you need revelation. It's revelation. One little revelation from God will take you where information will never lead you. 
Mark 6.52, Jesus is talking to his guys, <laughs> his team. <laughs> and they had seen the 4,000 fed, the 5,000 fed. In each instance, he brought extra baskets of food to them for some reason. <laughs> and by the way, when God does something in your life, it's not, a, it's not an accident. <laughs> okay? He's, 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 there's something bigger to it. He knows what he's doing. And so he, he, they were a part of these moments, and then they walk down the road a little ways, and they need food, and Jesus is like, guys, <laughs> it's time to get it. <laughs> it's time to see it. <laughs> but they had not gained any insight from the incident of the lows because their heart was hardened. And that's what even you were talking about earlier, Andrew. It's like our hearts being, because actually... You see spiritual things with your heart. Where God is taking you, this thing is not going to, it's not going to get you there. It's going to come from here. Now this is going to get some things here, right? We want it to get here, but you don't start here to here. It goes here to here. And so their heart was hardened, so they couldn't see it. Somebody can tell you something, it can go to your mind all day, but then boom, it hits your heart. And so we got to keep our hearts soft. And that was a beautiful message about Thanksgiving earlier. So a miracle moment needs to become a milestone of revelation. And I want to encourage you to go back into moments that keep coming up of things that God did in your life. And to press back in and say, Lord, I really want to see what you were trying to show me in that moment. What you do is you go back, and this is a whole series I'm not going to go into this morning. I really want to, but I, I know we've got to go a little different direction. You go back to what the Lord did in your life. You step back into that place, and you recognize the awe and wonder that God would do something like that in your life. And... We experience things on a regular basis, and people all over the world have never had anything in their life happen like that. Like, can we just be amazed that somebody's fingers were healed yesterday, and a man got saved and delivered? It's like, wow. And we need to go back to the experiences and the encounters you've had with God. Which, by the way, you don't need my encounter. You need your encounter. God's not going to touch you exactly like he touched me. But you go back to it and you're like, wow, that's amazing. So I'm about to, I'm, I'm, one of the things that keeps coming to me right now in this season for me a lot is I keep thinking about the moment that I, I was running down this trail, and some of you have heard this story again, but I'm going to tell it again. I've heard it before. But I was running down this trail, and I was way out, like I was about over two miles out, on a trail where I never, I hardly ever see anyone. Mainly horses. <laughs> People, but it, that's even rare. And so I'm on this trail, and I see a, I see a lady approaching and, and she's running down the trail, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And every now and then you pass someone. And at the moment, 
I look, and as she's coming down, there is a snake on the trail. Now, not a little, it was a decent, you know, four or five foot snake was on the trail. And so, here comes, here she comes, here's a snake on the trail, and I'm running. And the fact even that I see someone is a miracle, running on the trail. And at the exact moment we crossed each other, I said, there, there's a snake on the trail. And it was the exact moment that I was able to put my hand out. And she moved to the side and missed the snake. What a coincidence. <laughs> Maybe not. There's no way you can make that happen. Like, I think, I think about it. Just the, the odds of there being someone running on the trail, but the odds that we would pass at the very moment when the snake was there, my God did that. And he didn't do it just so I could have a nice little story to share in a message to fill in. <laughs> he did it because it's something I need to know. And I want to tell you something. So I'm really praying over that. I'm going back and I'm going, wow, that's amazing, God. What do you want to show me? Who, who do you want to be to me? What revelation do you have through that? And he's been showing me like he is the God that does things right on time. Because that was so much about timing. My God is right on time. And he's going to make the connection that what needs to happen is going to happen right on time. And it's going to bring victory over the snake. <laughs> so you unpack it. Who does God want to be to you as revealed in that encounter? And I would encourage you this week to go back to encounters that you've had with the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want to be to me out of that encounter? What is the revelation of who you are? So out of that, so Peter got the revelation, you are the Christ, you're, you're the Messiah, the anointed one. And he says, I say to you that you are Peter. Okay, so Peter gets a revelation of God, a revelation of Jesus. And then out of that revelation, Jesus shows him who he is. And see, the place... Where we see best who we are is in the eyes of Jesus and in the eyes of our Father. Peter found who he was as he saw who Jesus is. And the more you see him, you're going to see in his eyes who you are and how he sees you. So a revelation of Jesus opened up a revelation of personal identity. And as you gaze into Jesus' eyes, you will see a reflection of who you are. And so the father revealed Jesus to Peter. He said, hey, Jesus said to Peter, he said, hey, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father. So the father revealed Jesus to Peter. Then Jesus revealed Peter to Simon. <laughs> And so there's a revelation of who you are, that you are who he says you are.
The fullness of who you are is found in a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. That's why so much is, as we're worshiping and we're encountering Jesus, he's revealing these things to us. So I say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I say to you, and when you look at that in the Greek, just kind of write it out here, you are Petros, you are a stone, but upon this Petra. So Jesus is not saying that he's going to build his church on Peter. He's saying, I'm going to build this church on what you just said, on who you just saw and got revelation of that I am the Christ. I will build my church upon this person, Jesus, and the revelation of him as the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's what it says in Ephesians. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church. And that's already even come out in what's been happening and stated today. The gates of Hades will not overpower it. So let's just talk for a moment about the church, and I want to just encourage you on a, on a few things here. All right, everybody with me? You with me, kids? Don't you love the young people in this house, the kids? They're up here and worshiping and flags and all of that. The word for church is the word ecclesia. Can you say ecclesia? Can you speak some Greek with me. And it had been in use for centuries in both the Greek and Roman empires to refer to a secular institution operating the marketplace in a governmental capacity. Jesus had plenty of opportunities to pull from a traditional Hebrew word for church and bring it into the new, and he didn't. And I just want us to see that church is a lot more than we thought it has been. It's not... It, yeah, we're, we're a family who gathers, but we're a family that exercises governmental authority that's been given capacity to rule. That I'm looking today at rulers. And that we go out from here and we bring the kingdom of God into the city. We're not just a people who just gather. We actually influence and so he said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So Jesus is talking about church, which, by the way, he invented church. This is not your idea. He never had any illusions that his church would be perfect. Just as he invented family, and none of us have a perfect family. But family is cornerstone and key in society. You want to change a nation, you need to change it through changing the family. And then you change the family by having healthy parents. <laughs> so church, Jesus says, I will build it, and it will be victorious. In 2022, the church will be victorious. <laughs> So beholding comes before building, 
He had the revelation of who Jesus is. But then beholding led to building. And I just want to tell you that your encounter with Jesus is taking you somewhere. That you're going to see him, you're going to behold him, you're going to see new dimensions of him, but it's going to radically change the way that you live your life. And it's going to cause you to go where you wouldn't go and do what you wouldn't do, to love like you wouldn't have loved because you have come to grips with reality. And reality has begun to grip you. And so Peter beheld Jesus, but then Jesus says, I'm, you saw this, this is who you are, you are Peter, you are a rock, and I'm going to build my church. I want to encourage you just for a moment about the church around the world. And I said some of this last night, I couldn't hold it in. <clears throat> the fastest growing church movement in the world today is in Iran. And as they look back and they try to find, like, where did this start? They think it probably started among prostitutes getting saved, encountering Jesus. And I don't know what, what this stuff, but many of the pastors of these churches in Iran, in the fastest growing movement in the world, are women. Can we just praise the Lord? That's awesome. <laughs> Afghanistan. Radical things happening. Indonesia. Oh, let me, I need to say this right. In Indonesia. Dun, da, 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 da. Okay, I'm going to say this sentence to you. More Muslims have given their lives to Jesus in the last 22 years than the whole last 1,400 years. In Indonesia... It is radical what God is doing in that place. The rock. Folks, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is your family. I don't want you to be surprised when you get to heaven and be like, oh, I thought it was just a bunch of, you know, American people who look like me. You better get ready. <laughs> you, got, you got a lot of Asian cousins. You got a lot of Middle Eastern cousins and family. And they're amazing. And they got a lot of what you don't have and what we don't have. And we got a lot to learn from them. We are not the ones that have it all together. We all need each other. And so there is a beautiful bride of Christ out there. And we need to love the church. And, and we need to be really careful about talking against the church. Jesus really loves his bride. And he knows his bride isn't perfect. And he's working on his bride. But he loves his bride. 20 years ago, there were 3,158 people groups with no missionary movement in them. Today, there's only 144 unengaged people groups. Guys, this is incredible. Do you realize you live in amazing times? And I, and I wanted to say all this today because I wanted, the devil has been working overtime to discourage the church. And we need to know that God is building his church. 
every one of these 144 groups, there's already people saying, we are preparing to go to those groups. In the next three to five years, somebody with the gospel should be in touch with every single one of those 144 groups. This is an amazing time to be alive. Wow. That is incredible. In the next 20 years, every tribe and tongue will have some scripture in their language. Wow. You might not find that on the front page. But that's the reality of what's happening in the world right now. And I just want to even speak to us about something. I've really been studying all this lately. And, you know, there's all these articles, decline of Christianity continues at a rapid pace. And, and yes, we know, we've, we have all seen things happen to our nation. They're extremely grieving. Um, and then you see the charts. But I want you to notice this. While the religious nuns. Now, uh, there was a, another study that I read here in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, religion is dying, don't believe it. And what this guy did, he went through and he looked at how they're taking these statistics right now. And they're using like census data that doesn't even recognize as churches most of the churches that have sprung up in the last 20, 30 years. <laughs> so this article goes back and says, look, they're putting the nuns and the others together, and you don't have to read that, um, but, it, but it just basically says what I told you, and that they may be missing between uh, 26 and 40% of congregations aren't falling in the data. <laughs> and, and so many of the new evangelical and Pentecostal churches, da -da -da, like uh, there may be as many as 500,000 houses of worship, and the census is going off 344. It, Anyway, I just want to tell you, there's a lot to be encouraged about. That God is moving even here in the U.S. And yes, there's huge decline in the mainstream traditional churches. But what the data hasn't learned to take in is that all these new things have sprung up. And, and it doesn't fit, fit the data. It, wouldn't that be just like God? To not fit the old mold. So church, it wasn't your idea. It wasn't my idea. It's God's idea. And so it's going to work. <laughs> it's, it wasn't a man-made idea. And it doesn't happen alone. It's family. I love in Ephesians 2 where it calls us God's household. So church is not just, by the way, another mountain. And I just wanted to bring this out again because, you know, we, uh, we, we have the whole seven mountain teaching. And I think there's a lot of good that's come from that and that we recognize that we got to be getting out of the room. we got to be getting, instead of running from all of society like we ran from media for years and said, all oh, media is evil. Stay away. And so we just gave media over. And now we're having to go back and say, wait a minute. That was the wrong plan. <laughs> the right plan is we get in there into media. And we're in there putting out good stuff, the best stuff. I mean, why wouldn't we have the best when we have access to revelation from God himself, who invented all of it? 
Why wouldn't we be filling the internet so much that there wasn't room for pornography? And why wouldn't we be releasing so much prophetic that all the psychics go out of business? <laughs> I heard a story today, you know, one of those festivals, you know, some whatever, I don't know which one it was, but really dark festival, and there were believers there, and, you know, the guy, the like fortune teller guy looks over, and he sees this one guy, and he's like, he comes over to him, he says, man, there's just a lot of energy on you, you know, and he, he ends up getting saved and getting the real deal, you know, and aren't you thankful to have the real deal, and you do have some energy on you. You carry the energy that created the universe. How can we hide it? I carry the presence of God, and it's impossible for God to love a little. How can I not love a lot? Because he's loved me a lot. So the church is not just another mountain. Because Ephesians here, years later, Paul is speaking, and he says the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known can you say through the church? Who's that? The, the power to actually shift things in the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Because how many of you know that for change to really take place, it has to shift in the heavenlies? Okay? We can have, and I'm not, I, we need to fill the political mountain. But I just want to say, I just want to say this, that you can... You can have all kinds of, of, we can have the best laws and the best leaders, but if we don't have people transform from the inside out, we're not going to see a nation changed. We're called to make disciples, to see people transformed from the inside out. And what changes things in the heavenly places where it really matters is through the church. So... Yes, all, all the, going into all this is great, but church is not just another mountain among other mountains. That's not the way Jesus spoke it. All right. They said, I'll give you, the church, the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. That's the real deal. And we carry that. The capacity to go in and see the real changes, to loose the kingdom of God. Where there's been hatred, we go in and we get to loose love. And bring the kingdom. I give you authority to bring the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So, church, you have authority to bind and loose and to bring the reality of heaven to earth. That's what Jesus said. Where there's been hate, we bring love. Where there's sin and unbelief, we bring salvation. Where there's division, we bring unity and reconciliation. Where there's bondage, we bring freedom. And alcoholism has to go. And where there's sickness, and somebody thinks that their foot has to keep hurting like that, and I love the way you did that, Donna, that you didn't just do it. I believe you could have, in Jesus' name. But you helped him take authority himself, and him or her. Was that a her or him? Her, okay. You helped her do that in that moment. So we get to bring the kingdom. 
And we get to live in an ever-increasing revelation of Jesus. And we get to bring, that, that revelation brings us into revelation of who we are. So that we can bring real transformation, the reality of the kingdom on the earth. You have the keys of the kingdom. Why don't you stand this morning? So to put it all together, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And he's going to give us a continually increasing revelation of, of who he is, of reality. He's going to bring us into revelation then of who we really are. Just as he did Peter, you are Peter. So that we can bring real transformation. You, you have the keys, the real deal. To bring the reality of the kingdom of heaven into the world. So Lord, thank you today for your presence. Thank you today for what you're doing and letting us live in this amazing moment in history. When you are building your church and the gates of hell are being torn down. And we are not afraid of the gates of hell. Because you are such a mighty, awesome God. Thank you, Lord. Let's just begin to pour out thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for letting us live in this time. Thank you for this hour. Thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. Thank you for what you're pouring out on the earth right now, God. Thank you for what you did in, in our city, even last night. And I, I just declare in this place discouragement broken off of your people, Lord. Broken off. These are days to be radically encouraged by all that you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you that you revealed to us who you are. Father, thank you that you revealed who Jesus was to Peter. And I just want to, I want to bless the revelation of God that you carry. And I just want to encourage you, even as we leave here today, to, to meditate on that, on those moments that were in your past when God worked a miracle for you, he wants it to be more than a miracle moment. He wants to really bring it into a revelation. That you live out of a revelation. You can't live out of a past miracle. But you can live out of a revelation of God. You can't live out of God provided for me back then by that check. But you can live out of provider. And so, Father, let it come from a past check to provider. Let the revelation be rooted in us, God. And I thank you, Father, for what you're releasing in this house, Lord, even in the month of October, as we gather this month, Lord, as we have the extra gatherings, the Jesus nights, take us places, God, we've never been. And Lord, thank you for the authority to bring transformation in every arena. That we are the ecclesia, 
of God. The called out that you are called to rule and reign in this life. That you rule and reign and you are a priest and a pastor in your neighborhood. In your place of work who brings the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just say thank you. Gracias, Señor. Gracias, gracias. Gracias, Señor. Hallelujah. Now just put your hand on the shoulder of someone near you and just bless what they carry in God. I bless what you carry. Gracias, Señor, por tu presencia ahora en este momento, llenando este lugar. Tócanos, Señor. Y danos, Señor, una revelación más grande de ti en este momento, Señor, en tu presencia. Recibimos todos que tú quieres dar a nosotros en este día. Señor, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to ask our uh, microchurch leaders, ministry team leaders. Uh, I believe the microchurch leaders are going to prophesy today. Pray for people. They're our prophetic team. More than microchurch leaders. It's right here. And these are prophetic teams. These are prophesying people. You say, hey, I, I need a word right now. These guys are here. They're awesome at what they do. It's part of what we walk in as a house also. Just the prophetic freely flows here. So, Father, thank you for this week. Thank you that we go out. Thank you that we bring your kingdom and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. I bless you as you go out this week to bring the kingdom of God to release the revelation of God, the revelation of Jesus that you carry. All right, got these teams up here. Some of you come and they want to pray for you. Bless you as you go.